This is FuelCast Georgia, an open forum modeling excellence in Georgia school nutrition through inspiring, engaging, and impactful conversations, connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for FuelCast Georgia. Welcome back to another episode of FuelCast. Today we have an exciting guest joining us today, Dr. Lynette Dotson, who is the State Director for the Georgia School Nutrition Program. Welcome to the program, Dr. Dotson. Thank you, Ro. I'm excited to be here today. Um, I love that our team is doing this. Of course, this season has been dedicated to highlighting some of the state staff and highlighting how they got to the roles that they actually function in right now. And it's a great opportunity to talk to you as our state director today. So one of the first questions we have is, what was your pathway to get to the current role that you're in now? Well, that's a good question. Let me try to give the cliff notes on this. Um, So when I started out in college, I actually had a strong interest in wellness. I knew that. Um, I started out majoring in dietetics, but also realized that I loved food service management, kitchen management. I've always been someone that liked a lot of different things, and I've kind of joked that I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. To be honest, I look back and it's like things seem to fit together, but it wasn't planned that way. But ironically, things have fit together, I think, in a way that's given me hopefully the skill set to be successful in this role. But I started out interested in both of those. When I graduated, I took a position with a company that had a very strong training program, had very strong operational uh, foundation, and it was a commercial food service management or commercial company, sorry, not food service management, commercial food service company. It was actually a cafeteria chain out of Texas. Um, And I actually picked them for my job opportunity based on the fact that they had such great standards and operational practices. I felt like it would benefit me moving ahead, and I feel like it really has. I've used uh, the principles that I learned through the four years that I worked for them throughout my career. Awesome. Tell us more. Okay, so then from there, I, you know, during that time, I met my husband. Um, We got married and then started a family, and So at that point, I stepped away from my career to spend time raising my family. I have three children, a daughter and two boys, and they were all born two years apart. So it was a very busy time. It was difficult to try to work and manage that. So when we ended up landing in Georgia for my husband's career, um, I actually looked at going back to my dietetics roots and had the opportunity to work for a local hospital as their nutrition services director, which kind of brought back that wellness focus. I saw a lot of patients that had health-related issues that really could have been prevented by better eating habits. Mm -hmm. And then one day, someone came in and put an ad on my desk uh, about a position that was open in a local school system to be a school nutrition director. And Honestly, at the time, I had no idea what um, that would involve, but it honestly was in my children's school system. So that piqued my interest. I had been at the hospital for about four and a half years, so it was a good time to think about transition and kind of what my next career steps would be. So I was fortunate to have an interview with the superintendent, who was Dr. Ronnie Williams at the time, and 
He honestly took a risk in hiring a young dietitian to run their school nutrition program. And I'll always be grateful to him for that opportunity. I I didn't really know what I was getting into. He may not have really realized, um, you know, what what was going to happen. But I think it gave me that opportunity to, um, you know, learn a lot about school nutrition. I had a great staff, you know, at the local district. I had one particular manager that was extremely strong, and I learned a lot from her. Um, and then I also learned a lot from my peers. We're fortunate in Georgia. We have a lot of great directors, a strong history of great directors. So I made those connections, you know, to all sorts of people throughout our state and even nationally to learn all I could about school nutrition and, you know, what, what we could do for our children really to make, you know, make the whole program a great experience for them. And I think, that's truly an opportunity in school nutrition is to really provide those great meals and shape children's palates for the future. You mentioned that you have a background in food service management, operations, dietetics. With all of those combined, how do you think they create the framework for how you see school nutrition in Georgia? Wow. Well, I think, you know, I'm very fortunate in that a lot of people have come ahead of me that laid an extremely strong foundation. I think of people like Dr. Martin, Annette Bomar-Hopgood, and especially Dr. Martin. Her vision for school nutrition um, was incredible, honestly. And I think looking for that opportunity to... um, build on, you know, what's been done in Georgia and continuing to move ahead for the benefit of our children is really, I guess, where I see the pieces fitting together. I just, we're we're blessed in that we have such great local leadership. Right. I, think, I think we have a great state staff too. So we have a lot of capacity to do incredible things for our children. Right. I, I get that. And I completely understand. And under your leadership, you see the the shift that's happening in, in, with Georgia School Nutrition. Um, I, I understand that you're from the Midwest. Am I correct? You, and you may correct. have your parents lived abroad. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I actually was born in South Dakota. I know that, you know, something a lot of people don't realize. My main name was Schnabel. So, you know, I'm not going to spell that for you. Most people can't spell it. I'm not sure my husband can spell it, actually. But um, yeah, so I was lucky. My father worked um, for Caterpillar. And so we moved a good bit within the Midwest while I was growing up as he got career opportunities. And then during my freshman year of college, he was actually given an opportunity to move to um, Brussels, Belgium. And so he he took that opportunity and it allowed me the chance to visit them. Um, Caterpillar was gracious enough to provide me two trips a year while I was in college. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So I spent Christmas holidays and one whole summer actually overseas and got to visit a lot of countries see a lot of different cuisines and um, experience a lot of things that quite honestly, had he not been relocated, you know, there, I might not have ever had the opportunity to, to experience. 
Do you think those experiences might influence some of the changes or different dynamics that you've instituted here with our program, specifically like from a culinary perspective? I can think back to Manager's Conference when we had our culinary specialists on. They were sharing the value of the diversity in cuisine. Do you think that has a level of influence on the current program now? It probably indirectly does. I never really thought about it, Ro, but um, I have had the opportunity to eat a lot of different cuisines. You know, even visiting those countries, they have influences from other countries. So I think of Holland, for instance, had a very strong um, relationship with Indonesia. And so I remember I I had the opportunity to eat Indonesian food, which has a very different flavor profile. I think it's made me more receptive of a mm-hmm. variety of foods. There's very few things I don't like, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can keep doing that for our children in schools and expanding their palate and their exposure to different cuisines as well. Right. I, um, I'd heard about a, an interesting fun fact about you, and it's related to you being a princess of sorts. Could you elaborate a little bit, Lynette? Oh, my goodness. Oh, somebody did some research, it sounds like. (laughs) Um, So as I mentioned, I was born in South Dakota, and one summer I was there, and my grandparents lived in um, Mitchell, South Dakota, which is the home of the Corn Palace. Mm. So if you're not familiar with that, Google it. Um, It's interesting. For sure. And they, in the summer, they have different events there. And my uncle took um, my siblings and I to an event. And during that event, they picked someone from the audience to be the Corn Palace princess. Mm -hmm. And so I was selected and crowned actually by Chief Sitting Bull um, and, you know, got to be celebrated. There was a little press release for my local hometown newspaper and all that good stuff. So yeah, it was it was a fun event. My uncle couldn't believe, I think, that he took me and I got picked. But um, yeah, so that that was that was fun. How um, cool is that? That's a fun fact. We won't forget that as listeners will remember that Dr. Lynette Dotson, State School Nutrition Director, was the Corn Palace <laughs> Princess. That's important. so on another personal note what do you do for fun what do you do when you're not working as a stress reliever share with us some of those things oh wow well I love traveling and I love spending time with my family but I don't always have the opportunity to do that as much as I would like you know as my children have gotten older but most recently I've gotten into um I always wanted a bike growing up and Actually, for Christmas one year, that was something I wanted. And anyway, when I finally got a bike, I mean, I just I always enjoyed riding a bike. So um, in Carrollton, we have what's called the Green Belt and it circles the city. It's about 17 miles long. So it's a continuous loop. And um, I had a bike that I had gotten for my birthday a few years ago. But my son, my youngest son, just recently moved back from Austin and he's gotten into a little bit more, um, not competitive cycling by any means, but a little bit more recreational cycling as far as distances and riding road bikes. So 
I recently bought a gravel bike and um, we've been riding a couple times a week after work. I do about probably nine to 10 miles after work. And then on the weekends, I usually do the whole green belt at least once. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently we went up and did the Silver Comet and rode from Dallas to um, Rock Mart. So it was like 34 miles. That's that's the longest distance I've ridden. Um, but yeah, so it, that's kind of fun. There's definitely a stress release to uh, yeah. riding down a hill and going about 23 to 25 miles an hour. It's, you know, it, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I can remember those memories as a child, except when I was a child, but I wouldn't do it now because I, you know, have responsibilities. But as a child, you (laughs) let your legs up, the wind in your ears, and it's all freeing. You let go of whatever stress you had as a child. So those childhood memories, definitely, they matter. Um, (laughs) And that's pretty ambitious. How long does it normally take you to, to ride about, what, 34 miles, you said? How long does that normally take? When we did 34 miles, it took us about three hours. My, you know, my average speed's probably about 11 miles an hour, 12 miles an hour, depending on the hills you mentioned. Right. If I have to go up a lot of hills, that can, that can slow (laughs) things down. That can change things. I might take a bike ride this evening. I'm inspired. (laughs) Yay. So I have another question to get out of the way. It's apparent that you are in the school, the business of school meals. Tell us what meals did you eat when you were younger? If you could share a little bit about that, that'd be great. Growing up, my dad, you know, was pretty frugal and and felt like we could, you know, make our lunches and take them um, to school, which, you know, again, I didn't know a lot about school nutrition or, you know, meals, but I always wanted to eat school lunch. And so as I started babysitting, that was really my first job and had a little bit of money on occasion when there were certain menus, I would take my babysitting money and buy school lunch. Uh And one of my favorite lunches when I was in high school was the homemade macaroni and cheese. Uh Um, And so I'd watch for it to be on the menu and hopefully have some babysitting money that I could (laughs) use to, to buy school lunch. And then when my kids, you know, when we moved, especially to Carrollton and my kids started school and I, you know, got into the program oversight, um, they ate school lunch every day. And I always joked with them that I always wanted to eat school lunch every day growing up. Um, So when I was the local director, and then even now I have the opportunity to eat school lunch, you know, all the time. And all the time. (laughs) I love, I love that fact, you know, Yeah, I love how that comes full circle. You wanted to do it, and now you can do it as much as you'd like. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Recently, our social media page um, is featuring a Saturday, Would You Rather question. Tell us if you would rather cook or bake and why. Oh, my goodness. Such tough decisions. I love that segment, (laughs) honestly, but it's always a challenge for me when I see that post because like I mentioned, there's a lot of things I like to do and like to try. I I like to bake because I like the chemistry side of it and understanding how baking works and different things, leavening agents, those sorts of things. I also like to cook, though. Um, I probably cook more than I bake, but a little side note, I, I actually trained commercial bakers in the early part of my career. 
um, opened a cafeteria actually in California, and I trained the commercial baker uh, for that particular unit. So I I love both, honestly. How cool! You have such an interesting career pathway: food service management, dietetics, operational background, corn palace princess. We know you love <laughs> riding bikes. You train commercial bakers. It is been so interesting getting to know some of those details about you. But for our listeners who may not understand the dynamics of, you know, school nutrition, tell us a little bit about what your role actually does. Well, for some days, you know, it honestly doesn't seem real um, that I'm in this role. I truly am humbled to have that opportunity because I look back on the tremendous leadership that Georgia's had and starting even with Dr. Martin, Josephine Martin, you know, and the incredible foundation, I guess, that she started really for our program. And we've had multiple um, directors since then. So having the opportunity to, to sit in this role and think about how we can continue to do things in an excellent way in Georgia sometimes doesn't even seem real to me, honestly. Right. I kind of tend to focus on what that next opportunity is, but the state agency's role really is first to maintain that integrity piece for USDA. Obviously, we're federally funded, so maintaining that funding for the districts to be successful is very important. But I think in Georgia, we're also blessed to be able to add a second level as a state agency and providing resources and support for our districts, really helping them be successful in all the things that they do. So um, the fact that our, you know, we've got the capacity in our staff to really follow our state school superintendent's leadership. You know, he has a vision of Georgia Department of Education being supportive of the districts. And so that's really important for us in school nutrition to follow that vision. I've said many times, I feel like I have the best job in the whole state. And it really is true to have that kind of leadership at the Department of Education, to have the local leadership in our programs, and then to have the capacity of our state staff. Um, I think we've got you know, the dynamics just to continue to move things ahead in a positive way for our Georgia children. Again, appreciate the opportunity to be a part of that. I agree. And we appreciate your leadership, you know, with the tagline fueling Georgia's future. Tell us what that means to you. Oh, my goodness. That really is kind of a succinct statement that I think encompasses so much. We are really feeding our future and fueling them in a way to help them be successful really grow up. It gets back to kind of my wellness roots, I guess, and my wellness focus. I really think we have the opportunity in school nutrition, and I I believe this not only for Georgia, but nationally. I think we have the opportunity to really change the health of our nation Mm -hmm. through our school nutrition program. And I think we're really working hard to do that in Georgia, to show how important even pieces like farm to school and nutrition education and some of those additional things that a lot of our local directors and even we as a state agency are developing, how that really enhances that experience and connects that child 
within that educational environment in so many ways. And I, you know, I, I think we have more great things that we can do working with our local um, teachers and administrators through our school nutrition programs to continue to really move our students ahead in incredible ways, honestly, not only health-wise, but also with their academic mm-hmm. work and helping them be successful, healthy adults. Right. And you talked a lot about collaboration and partnerships and, you know, school nutrition being a part of that educational process. So we see that we see it happening. So it's amazing to watch. Yay. (laughs) So we know everyone has that one thing that keeps them connected to school nutrition. If you could say in a few words or one word, like what is that thing for you that you point to that would, you know, that makes school nutrition home for you? I do have a passion for the children and understanding what this really means to them. I think that's what drives me every day is just the passion that I have to really provide the best for those children. They they deserve it. Yeah. And that's been the that seems to be the continual theme with most of our guests for this first season has been the servant part. And it's always nice to hear the level of consistency across the board with our guests. That's where our hearts are. It's with the kids and making sure they do well. So I have one last question for you before we wrap for today. We want you to talk to someone you know is out there listening or a group of people you hope would be listening to this podcast right now. What does being a Georgia School Nutrition Professional mean to you, and what do you hope it means to the community? You know, being a school nutrition professional really means that we have that opportunity, I think, to connect um, so many things within education. All of that is translated into what that meal means to that child. And to me, that that really is what being a school nutrition professional encompasses. Yes, thank you. So Lynette, you shared a lot of valuable information about your passion's place for school nutrition. As someone who may share those career pathways and who may be interested in a career, what would you say to them to get them interested and bought into school nutrition as a valuable career pathway for them? I thought about that a lot because I fell into school nutrition kind of myself. The benefit to school nutrition is it takes a diverse amount of skills. And so you think about the culinary piece. So people that have an interest in culinary, there's an opportunity there. There's definitely a financial impact. So I know people that have come into our profession with strong financial skills people skills, certainly, because you are involved in leading teams, motivating people. Also, from the food service standpoint, it's a Monday through Friday operation. And so for those people that love food service management, it's a great opportunity to work and have reasonable hours and still have time with your family because most commercial food service operations you're you know you're you're working a lot of weekends and nights so having 
I guess that better work-life balance is a huge benefit. And then for those dietitians that are out there, the skill sets that are learned apply in so many areas, menu management, recipe development, those sorts of things as well. So for those that haven't looked at it, I would encourage you to. People come to the field and they don't typically leave. Right. (laughs) So I think, you know, that speaks volumes. Yeah. We love what we do. This is a valuable profession to venture into and why it is sustainable. Once you come in, it's very hard to get out. And I think it's because of that end user, those children. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest, Dr. Lynette Dotson, State Director for the Georgia School Nutrition Program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. So thank you for listening to this FuelCast episode. I'm Rolandria Boyce. Remember, you can call me Ro. Look out for more insightful discussions connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities. And connect with us online via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn using the hashtag FuelingGA. You can also email us at FuelingGA at Godot.org. We welcome your views, episode suggestions, and feedback. Until next time, the Georgia School Nutrition Program is fueling Georgia's future with excellence one full meal at a time.